The horror documentary King on Screen will be in theaters Tuesday, August 11th, and available on demand and on Blu-ray September 8th. And today, on episode number 99 of the Red River Horror Podcast, we have the director of the documentary, King on Screen, Daphne Beware, joining Eddie and I. Ed, I am pumped for this. I know you are too. So please sit back, relax, and travel those channels of fear. And welcome back to the show. We're with our special guest, Daphne Beware. Did I get that right? Did I nail it? All right. (laughs) (laughs) He's got documentary Karma King on screen. Daphne, welcome to the Red River Horror Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you today. How are you? Thank you so much. Great. So King on screen, first of all, this is a horror documentary. It'll be out in theaters on Tuesday, August 11th, available on demand and on Blu-ray September 8th. Joe, Stephen King on the screen, I think is something that is like the genesis of our love for horror because I would, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think the first film we ever saw horror movie wise was it. So Daphne, I guess with the films, uh, there are so many to pick from Carrie being the first one. Uh, you have Brian De Palma. Uh, kick off kind of the king on screen career there with the rest of the films that are featured so many great ones how was it access to the directors or what what made you choose what made it into the film well actually uh it's a process that took some time because uh when i first got the idea in uh, 2019 uh, i was talking with my producer sebastian cruz and i was like okay i really want to make this documentary you know about the directors who adapted stephen king and uh, we thought about it and we said okay but let's see if they are willing to talk to us so the first day we sent something like 10 emails and uh, the next day we had 10 yes so we were like okay that's pretty amazing you know and for sure some of the directors um didn't want or didn't work or weren't able to be in the film. So uh, we talked more about some of the films uh, where with the directors who were present for sure. So that's a little bit how we had to handle it. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, that's if you think of like Joe, think of sales, right? You make 20 calls. You get what, maybe five appointments, maybe if one that. sale, right? So 10 directors, 10 yeses all on one. Wow, that's incredible. That has to be so exciting for you because you, if I read correctly, you grew up in the film industry, like around sets, you know, being around other directors, being around. So like, what does this mean to you having that access to like so many names that you've heard of before now getting to have them in a film that you're making? Yeah, that was uh, amazing actually because I, I've always uh, loved um, the director job. I mean, uh, I grew up on set and uh, being an actress, and it's something that always fascinated me. You know, the 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 the. the the job of the director. So I was always hanging out with directors, trying to understand a little bit how they were working, you know, uh, what was the process. And I was uh, really excited. And 
in uh, 2013, I started uh, by making my first uh, short film, which was kind of science. Yeah, not really science fiction, but I mean, fantastic, really, in a different universe. And um, so I made this first, uh, first short film and then I made a um, couple more. And then I started directing uh, documentaries. And uh, finally, it's I think it's the second film. It's a, the second documentary where I have the, the ability to talk to directors. And I think it's so fascinating to talk to them because it's always like you are having a masterclass, you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> going deep into their work and it's so great to do, to speak with them. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine, especially, I mean, you get the subject of Stephen King, you know, who's, the most adapted author to the screen. And so like, was just such a creative mind and then getting to talk to the creative minds who adapted his creative mind. There's a lot of creativity in this documentary. Yeah. Running <laughs> yeah, completely. I guess you can't say your favorite because everybody agreed to be in the film, but was there <laughs> anyone that you interviewed uh, for King on screen? I mean, we're talking Mick Garris, uh, Frank Darabont, uh, uh, Greg Nicotero. Anyone that you spoke to that you would say offered you something that you didn't know before that you were just like, oh, my gosh, like I never thought of that. And like any kind of like light bulb moment, you were like, wow, like I really, really learned something like we all learn something from a documentary. But any directors uh, jump out at you indiv individually? Well, I think, um, well, it depends about some of the films. I learned a lot of, about uh, what uh, Tom Holland had to say because it was uh, really interesting to know a little bit about the behind the scene of uh, his films, actually. Uh, I knew very little about, um, about his process and about his films. I mean, I knew the films, but not about how he made them. So it was really interesting. And of course, talking to Frank Darabont, Greg Nicotero, Mike Flanagan, I mean, each time it was like <laughs> incredible, just incredible to, to be able to speak with them and learning a lot for sure. I'm not sure I can spot one thing in particular that really had an impact, but a lot of things were really so interesting. And I talked with each director for an hour, two hours for wow. some. So yeah, you really go through a lot of topics, a lot of, of things when you are talking to them for so long. So I know obviously we have to be spoiler free. Yes. But one of the things <laughs> I thought was really cool, I'm glad you brought it up, um, uh, Matt Flanagan, right? Mike. Uh, Mike, there you go. Thanks. <laughs> now, he was explaining, I can't imagine. I know Stephen King did not like The Shining. It's notorious. Like, he did not like Kubrick's The Shining. But obviously, audiences really, really did. It's one of the greatest films of all time. Him explaining, taking Kubrick's The Shining and making King's Doctor Sleep and kind of making the two worlds. It's just like, okay, like, I... I, I know that these are two very different audiences and melding that all together. I thought him explaining that process was, for me as a horror fan, that was like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop, you know, watching. Like it was just, it was really, really interesting him explaining that process. And I can't imagine having to do that, to go through with that and put it on screen the way he did. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing to to have this backstory actually because even at the beginning of the process while making Doctor Sleep, he talked to Stephen King and at the beginning King didn't want to because um, Mike Flanagan explained that he really wanted to keep the the Kubrick's universe, you know, in terms of the 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 the, the, the set and the. the so it was quite difficult for him uh, to convince King because he had this first no, you know, <laughs> and uh, he finally made it. And I think it's great because when you think about it, for sure, everyone, when you say The Shining, everybody has the same kind of image you know, in his mind. So going like completely in a different direction, it would have been like, you know, putting a, yeah, it would have been like very difficult, I mean. So, but still it's really like you have to work uh, walk on tiptoes when you're doing this because <laughs> it's so difficult with the fans, you know, you, you know that you will always have some fans who will be like uh, crazy and say, no, it's, <laughs> how could you do that? And things like that, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably my favorite thing about King when he has like an appearance and he's, you know, owns that, where yes. it's just like knows that he's going to get negative backlash. <laughs> yeah. and, and a good story in the film, uh, uh, King on screen is actually so so Joe is a big fan of the the shining the series the shining that King actually did get to be uh, a part of um, like he was acted in yeah so it was th there's some there's a story that develops I don't know if we can tell it but there's a story that develops in King on screen that was really cool into how um, Frank Darabont got to make another King film right while they were filming that shining I don't know you know me with with everything out that way is how much I love going going to uh, the Stanley Hotel whenever yes. I'm in Colorado, <laughs> you know, which was what inspired King. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been there, Daphne? I haven't, actually. I didn't get the chance, but I really wanted to because uh, I've seen a lot of pictures of the place, a lot of things, in the, and for sure the miniseries uh, directed by Miguel so mm -hmm. I really wanted to, but didn't get the chance yet. Uh, well, yet. I, I hope you do someday because it's in Estes Park, Colorado, and it's you know right next to Rocky Mountain National Park, and it's just one of the most beautiful places I've ever, ever been to. Oh yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it must be really special to be there because it's it's the place where everything started for sure. Yeah, and then the funny part is you get in there and you you start like you can do like a little tour, and you'll see pictures of the guests who also appear in the movie The Shining, <laughs> right? Right. Like the twin girls. Like there's a picture on the wall of the actual people. Like they're all based on actual guests from the hotel. That was like the one thing that really blew me away. Um, yeah, so hopefully you get there at some point. Um, oh, yeah. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. We're, um, now, speaking of like in series adaptations, I was curious. So you are also going to, you're a fan of King's, like the movie adaptations as well. Like, do you have a favorite King movie? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, my favorite King movie would be The Green Mile. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like the, the the film I really loved. I mean, uh, I can watch it like uh, a couple times, you know, I mean, a couple um, every year or something like that. And always being so impressed by the work. <laughs> I mean, visually, it's 
mind-blowing. It's amazing. I think uh, everything, every shot, every, the actors are just great, you know. And uh, I think, yeah, it's one of the best uh, films because you really, it's like three hours long. Mm -hmm. Each time I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, but there's nothing to cut. It's unbelievable because everything is perfect everything is well balanced you know and you're not seeing the time yeah the time is flying when you're watching that movie (laughs) i think it's really impressive i hope like you know you've put in so much work on on this documentary and you've been doing a lot like a lot of work promoting it and i hope at some point you can look to somebody and just say i'm tired boss (laughs) <laughs> and get a break. <laughs> Even that line, it's such it's such an emblematic line, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things he's got so much, you know, drama and horror. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, just kind of like as a fun question, is did you ever watch the series Castle Rock on Hulu, where they kind of went into the... So it's based in Maine, like as if it's going to be within the universe of Stephen King's works. Castle Rock, you mean? Yes, Castle Rock, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I really, uh, we, we watch it for sure. Uh, when we were uh, working on the fictional introduction as well, because uh, we wanted to have a little, uh, you know, to, to, to see a little how they made it. And I think it's really great. And I really love the, the second season. Uh, and I think it was really well done, you know, uh, with... Um, with uh, the, the the character of Annie Wiggs, mm-hmm. uh, so I really really like it, and uh, I think uh, there are some great uh, great series. You know, I think about Mister Mercedes as well. I really love that one. I think yes, Mister Mercedes. That was I. I, I, we got uh, with Comcast that Peacock. Yeah, whatever. So Mister Mercedes was on it. I I knew the books obviously, but I ne- I. Never knew they made it into a series, so I watched it. That was shockingly good. What's the, uh, who's the the main actor? He was in Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. The, no, not or... that guy. The uh, the older guy that played um, oh, oh, the oh. cop. Oh man. Um, oh yeah. I'm drawing a blank, but we all know who we're talking. That about. guy. That yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was that was amazing. I, I and it was like more. It had. Su- supernatural elements but that was more like a true crime mm-hmm. like kind of like the battle of good versus evil old versus young like it was i liked mr mercedes yeah. a lot the screen adaptation yeah yeah i think it's uh and even the book the, the book is amazing as well and reading it you 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 i think it's the second one when you are reading it you're like oh that's stephen king too and it's so impressive how many different book and different style he's able to write. Because when you see something like Shoshank Redemption, The Green Mile, it's completely different than The Shining, for example, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, from other ones. And yeah, I think he's able to write completely different things uh, every time. And it's and still got that, you know, essence that it's still there uh it's something to do with the the characters and how many layers there are in each character so i think it's really interesting yeah well very very much so and that's there's one stephen king character that never made it on screen 
that I was hoping would make it there one one day. Can you, can you want to take a guess who that might be, Ed? <sighs> a king screen that a king character that never made it on screen. So he mentioned in Dark Tower, and is also the antagonist to Pennywise the Clown. The turtle? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Castle Rock was canceled after two seasons. I was hoping at some point a season would feature, <laughs> I think it's Marchon. Marchon. I don't know. The, the, the turtle. That just... carries the weight of the earth on his back. Um, he was on a lot of drugs when he did the turtle. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of like, is, is there... Uh, I don't know how to put this. Is there was there any characters that you find more fascinating? So like outside the Green Mile, like who are some of the characters that King's written that you find most fascinating, Daphne? Oh wow, there are so many. I mean, uh, for sure he wrote one of the most emblematic bad guys uh, with a uh, Randall Flag. You yes, know? I think it's such a great bad bad guy. Yes. <laughs> On the, the other side, you have uh, Mother Abigail, who's such a great character too, you know. And um, after that, I really enjoyed uh, Jumaki and the main character, you know, in Jumaki. It's I... a last known uh, novel that he wrote, but I really loved it. And sets in Florida, which is a big change yeah. uh, compared to Maine. But I think there are so many great things in a, in this novel because you've got all this um, uh, somehow haunted paintings, let's say. Let's put it that, that way, you know. And uh, all the social um, elements in it as well. So I really love that one too. And I think the, the main character is really, is really interesting because there's a man like being living an, an existential crisis. You know, he just lost one of his arms. He's like handicapped and he has to do all over everything all over. So to learn everything to, to, to start from fresh and he's like in his fifties. So it's something quite difficult, you know, and mm -hmm. at the same time, I, I, so I think it's a great character because it's something that we don't see often. And, uh, yeah, I think he, he wrote this character perfectly. Really. I, uh, so I'm, I'm just going to try not to, to fangirl a little bit. Okay. <laughs> no, but definitely, I'm, I'm really glad, you know, to be doing this interview, and, and I'm really glad you made the film uh, King on Screen, because I'm going to say something a little controversial. Gasp. Uh-oh, gasp. I think, now, I'm I'm a big Stephen King fan because I'm a big horror fan. I, I know a lot of his work through horror, obviously. I think that Stephen King is someone that has benefited greatly from great filmmakers taking his stories and putting them on the screen. So, I mean, like, when you kick off your on-screen career with Brian De Palma as the director and then Kubrick as the next director, Frank Darabont's adaptations of The Shawshank Redemption, that, The Green Mile, like, I love Stephen King, but I think that he is someone who has uh, been given a little bump by how great the filmmakers were that made some of his stories into into movies and, and series and stuff like that. So I don't know. Is that controversial? 
<laughs> I think actually it got a lot of visibility thanks to cinema and thanks to the directors. And when you see that still nowadays, when you have a, a list with like uh, the 50 best movies of all time, Shawshank is always on that list. Yep. And it's something... and. Actually, it makes me think of something really funny because uh, Stephen King was in a supermarket one day and he saw an old lady and she told him, oh, so you did the horror guy. You, I don't like what you wrote. I don't like what you do. You should write nice things like Shoshan Redemption. And he said, yeah, but I wrote that one too. And the ladies looked looked at him and said no you don't <laughs> she, she went away so i think it's a great story because it shows how many different um, things he's able to do and also how shoshank redemption was important you know in the mind of the people because it it's like one of the best movies ever made and so i think yeah it helped king a lot to have uh, great directors adapting his stories because it's what made him uh, so popular to all the years i think so yeah yeah I, yeah i think so and i don't think it's too controversial because it definitely um definitely his the, the movies themselves got me more interested in reading books at a time where it's true one you know i had plenty of video games and other things to do yes and i got interested in you know being like oh well now i want to read the book version i never thought of it that way well you the i borrowed your copy of it that's right <laughs> yeah it it was so important i mean we're just in that in that age yeah, that, that was our wheelhouse that and shawshank shawshank yeah, was shawshank uh was... Very, like super popular i mean still is i mean that's why it's, it's, <laughs> I understand it a little better now. But my point was with all that, I'm just really glad, like, I, I just enjoy King on screen so much. I'm glad somebody finally took the time to say, just like, okay, you know, we got to make a movie about these movies. So, like, King's works on the screen because it was, you can go tell, you can go down a YouTube rabbit hole and find all the Watch Mojo lists and all the different things. Oh, like, yeah. You can see everything that he's done on screen and all that. But, uh, to have something to kind of just sit down and say, like, I'm going to plug in for two hours, however long, and just watch like all of this history, all of these great stories as they unfolded with the filmmakers who made them. I just I, I can't thank you enough for making the film. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. But yeah, it was uh, difficult to to choose as well because you know when you are making a documentary, you can uh, like it will be one hour and a half, two hours top, you know, and you can't put all the adaptations in the documentary. It wouldn't be possible. Or you would have something like okay, we are talking like two minutes uh from each film so it wouldn't be the same you know and we wanted something a little bit more uh human you know like having the the feeling of having a conversation with the directors like something quite intimate so we thought okay well we'll talk about some of the films and we couldn't have them all but it's um that's why we are going to make a book actually with uh, the full length nice. interviews oh. because we thought okay they <laughs> gave us so much the directors uh i mean uh, i've got like 
more than 40 hours of uh, of interviews <laughs> so we thought okay we should definitely make a book then we can really talk about everything but yeah i thought it was um great to finally have the documentary about Stephen King, but through the, the prism of uh, cinema and not talking about just Stephen King and the books, but talking really about the films, about the director, about their process and their approach to Stephen King. And um, yeah, I've always loved reading, uh, being a uh, uh, a huge reader and I, I know that I discovered Stephen King because I really wanted to read horror books actually <laughs> so that's really what uh, brought me um, to the Stephen King universe but yeah I thought um, we should make a documentary about the films because they are quite particular and we don't see a lot about those filmmakers so yeah yeah, that's so, that's so exciting that you have a book going along with this because, you know, I mean, just with the material, as you were saying, I mean, you probably could have had a trilogy, if not an entire franchise of talking <laughs> to directors for Stephen King movies. <laughs> well, yeah. Daphne, you've been very generous with your time. We yes. really appreciate it. Joe, any any other questions? No, I mean, Daphne, I mean, congratulations on the documentary. Uh, looking forward to seeing, seeing where this goes because I, I feel like this is going to be awesome. Uh, a nice success for you. I mean, just pumped. And then I'm going to keep my eye out for that book. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. We'll let you know then. <laughs> Please do. Right, this has been our interview with Daphne Bewier, maker of the film King on Screen. That's going to be in theaters Tuesday, August 11th, available on demand and on Blu-ray September 8th, and currently sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, Joe. Ooh, I yeah. told you. It's so stay tuned. Yeah. That has been our interview with Daphne B. Weir, the, the director of King On Screen, going to be in theaters August 11th. And of course, it's going to be on demand and on Blu-ray September 8th. This has been episode number 99 of the Red River Horror Podcast. We are thrilled to celebrate episode number 100 next. So until then, remember to keep traveling those channels of fear. <laughs>